the IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey kids, it is Nades, your dude, as your robots, and we're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of the Stuck at Home Show. That's the one we're like, we're stuck in the house, there's a virus, we're wearing masks, we're doing whatever we can do, we're getting ready for our, our vaccinations and all that good stuff, but hey man, it's all fine, we're hanging in there, we're being good people, we're being good concerned citizens, taking care of our fellow man, doing all that good stuff. Man, things, things over here at the IC Robots HQ have kind of... Kind of slowed down as far as like buying because we're getting ready to go into the Christmas months. And due to that, it's like you kind of got to stop buying things for yourself because you don't know what you're going to get from the other people in your in your life. So except for like a few baseball cards and stuff, I've kind of put the kibosh on the purchases. But still, we're still having fun. There's a lot of prep that goes into winter. Winter's coming, as they say in the in the world of Game of Thrones, but we gotta, we gotta get ready for it before it gets here. I see some of the pictures that you guys post, and there's already snow where you are here. It's cloudy, it's a bit cold, things are gonna start getting colder. Hopefully, we're gonna get a lot of rain, we need a lot of rain to wash some of the pain away, and I hear that, I hear that there is gonna be some coming as uh, the winter gets gets more in full effect, but until it does, you gotta, you gotta start doing those things that you do, like, pulling in your lawn furniture, we gotta take all the lawn furniture, put it in the house, you gotta get the pillows off the outside furniture, put them in the house, you gotta move anything away, and put it inside the garage that might be damaged if it would get wet, like the, like the punching bag that we flip, like, things like that, but that's, that's all fine, these things come with having a house and having a life of your own, I gotta, I gotta rake up the leaves. I raked up all the leaves like yesterday, but there are so many leaves because we got so many trees out in the backyard. And if they, if the leaves fall on the dirt, like a natural terrain, like a grass or whatever, I leave them there. But if they fall on the trails, I get them off because I like to maintain like a nice walkway through the yard. We got paving stones and rocks and I like to keep those clear. So I, I raked everything up in preparation for picking it up today. The way, the way that you pick up leaves, this is what I've learned is you get a tarp. You get like a big blue tarp, you lay it down, and you rake the leaves on top of the tarp. Then you roll the tarp up like a little dumpling. Take it out to the dumpster, dump it in the green one. That's for lawn refuse. I do that. I think I had like four or five piles in the backyard. And then I'll I'll use the blower and kind of blow all the smaller detritus into the bushes or the corners of the yard to make everything look nice. I got to do the front. I got to do that. I got to clean the gutters. I got to get up on a ladder and get all the leaves out of the gutters before the rain starts. I got to empty out the rain barrels on the side of the house, clean them out, get them all ready for a new load of water that we can hopefully carry with us through the gardening months. I got to clean up all the tomato plants that we have out in the backyard. We do have quite a few. I got to get those up, get the remnants into the uh, garbage cans. I got to plant some of the winter crops. That's like... That's like your Brussels sprouts will grow, your broccoli and stuff. What we do is we put those in the boxes, and then I have, like, a series of windows. Like, big glass windows that I've gathered over the years, and I'll put them over the top of the boxes, right? And they act as kind of a greenhouse. It's, um, it's been working, working as so far. You also, you have to water a little bit less because they get condensation and stuff in there, so that, that kind of gathers up as useful water for them. This is not the home and garden show. This is the Stuck at Home show, though, so I, I hope that we'll be able to move into some more pop culture stuff, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of just riffing off the top of my head right now, to be, um, to be honest. It's like a slow, kind of cold day. I got the blow molds all out in the front yard. I got the little snowman family. We have a mommy and a daddy and a baby snowman over on one side of the yard. Then I have, like, Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus over in another area, and they have, like, a, 
a blow mold of like an old timey light post with what looks like it's like, you know, a light with like flame inside of it, like a gas powered light. Then over on the other side, we have the nativity set. We got the we got the baby Jesus. We got the um, Mary. We got the Joseph. We got a camel. We have two sheep. We have a cow. We have two wise men and we have a camel and we have it all set up with like a little manger. We built a building that we put the whole thing inside of. It's supposed to be like the like the barn that they were in many moons ago on this on this faithful season, but it's more it looks more like a doghouse, <laughs> to be honest. It looks like baby baby Jesus is inside of a doghouse with um Mary and Joseph on the outside. But it's all good, man. We covered in lights, it looks fun. People come by. People in the neighborhood seem to like our old timey blow molds, which is which is cool. I do see kids stopping day and uh at night when it's all lit up and like looking at the snowman, touching them and stuff. It's cool, man. You gotta you gotta expect that when you have like lawn stuff that people are gonna interact with it. There's been like there have been like families in our driveway looking at stuff, which is fun too, man. If it makes them happy, that's all good. We took all the um the books out of the little library. We gather up like winter and Christmas and like other seasonal books that we find over the year, and then we do like a like a December book display. This one's just called um holiday fun. And it has like pictures of like, you know, candy canes. But the wife painted it. It's very it's very cool, very sweet. The the Christmas promotion doesn't do as good as the Halloween promotion. The spooky tales that we put out in the little library in October does way, way, way better than anything else we do, man. We get rid of, like, all the Stephen King books, all the scary books, all that fun stuff. But Christmas, people don't seem to like to read the Christmas books as much. They'll take the kids' books, the little toddler books, but the the older folks don't seem to go for, like, these Nicholas Sparks romances and things. But it's all fine. I still put them out there, and it's up to you whether you... Whether you take them or not, the Hallmark movies are definitely in full effect. The wife is watching the Hallmark movies day and night. The entire the entire DVR is full of movies with like a Christmas affair, a Christmas at home, a Christmas with the dogs, things like that. All these movies that she watches on the Hallmark, but it's like it's like totally adorable. It's totally sweet. All right. This goes out to Joe the Patron. Joe the Patron has hit me up a couple times. He's asked me how I met the wife. I will explain it like this. It's not really that exciting of a story. It is what it is. I was working the door. I was the doorman at UA6 on 3rd Street in Santa Rosa. She worked over at UA5, which is a church now. And her sister, her sister worked with me at UA6. Me, her, Gino Vega, we all worked there at the same time. And one day, she came to meet her sister... They were going to go and share a ride home, and I was working the door. She tried to come in, and I kind of kind of put the halt on her because she didn't have a ticket. She explained who she was. We started chit-chatting a little bit while she waited for her sister. I'm a friendly guy. She's a friendly person, too. She asked me if I wanted to go to coffee. We went to coffee, and that is that. We have been married and together ever since. I think we went to Aromas, but it might have been this place on College Avenue that's not there anymore. That's like a gym, like a CrossFit kind of gym. I, I don't remember. It was something like that, but that's the basic That's the basic story for Joe the Patron. I hope you um, enjoyed it. I hope you thought it was sweet. I hope you thought it was fun. I, I don't mind sharing it. I just don't think that it's all that exciting of a story. It's very much just uh, we met each other. We got along. We're still together today. We're still happy. Everything is great. It's Christmas. Let's move forward in the show into the pandemic pantry and let's uh, let's let Sarah talk about something that's actually interesting and not silly like this. That was seriously a terrible segment. Do you want to try it again? Nah, I think it was fine. I think I think it's okay. No, okay. I think you should. It was really boring and you sound really tired. Do you want a Red Bull? 
No, I don't want a Red Bull. Thanks, but uh, now I don't really like them very much. Thanks, though. Okay, it's your call. Let's um, let's go into the pandemic pantry. I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of time for this. I don't have a lot of time today. Here we go. The pandemic pantry with your host, the Sausagitarian. It's me, your friend, Fairfur, the Sausagetarian. I am baking in the pandemic pantry. We've got holiday goodies going on. And if you guys are doing your holiday baking, I thought it'd be cool if we had a little conversation about flour. I know, it's super exciting. Flour. How do you measure your flour? It turns out the way you measure your flour has a lot to do with the success of your recipe. So, what does that mean? How do you measure your flour? A lot of people, when I teach cooking classes, Back in the before times when I would do that, I'd see them measure their flour and they dip the cup into the flour and then pack the flour down. Bah, bah, bah. Don't do that. That's how you end up with crumbly doughs that are dry or with breads that are dense. Uh, you don't want too much flour in your thing. One thing that cookbooks do and recipes online do that they don't tell you is measure the flour a certain way. That is to spoon the flour into the cup and then level it off with the back of a knife. That is the way I measure flour, but another way to do it is to dip it in the bag and level it off with the back of the knife. Both of those will get you different weights of flour. That's the problem with flour. It is not consistent if you measure it by volume, which is how most of us Americans measure it. Is this all too confusing? I just want to tell you the basic thing. When you measure flour, don't tap on the side of the cup. Don't do anything to get extra flour in there by packing it down, okay? You want to either dip it in the bin and then level it off with the back of a knife or spoon it into the cup and level it off with the back of a knife or something kind of straight. You can just use your hand, whatever. But this will get you a lot of baking success. You'll find that your baked goods are lighter and not as dense or crumbly and you'll have a great holiday season all because of it. Hey, what are you baking this holiday season? If the answer is nothing, that's cool. If the answer is something, let us know. I'm going to be making some gingerbread, like cakey gingerbread. I love it. It's my favorite thing, and I think I'm probably going to leave it at that. Um, but I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're safe, and whatever you're doing, I hope you are having some joy in your lives. It's a joy to me to be able to hang out with you and have this time together. So be cool, and I'll talk to you next time from the pandemic pantry. Hey, bitches, I'm in Words manifested disintegrate. Particles drift into atoms and separate. Developing movement known as sound waves. All right, this is me, and we are back. That was... That was like a super informative pandemic pantry as far as I, I, I am in regards to uh, listening to it. That made no sense. I, I kind of lost my train of thought because I started looking off at this um, this shelf of toys that I have next to my uh, microphone. So I apologize for that. But that was, that was pretty good information as far as I'm concerned is what I meant to say. Because I myself have always been the kind of dude who like, I pack it in there. I pack the flour in the cup all the way. I pack it hard. I pack it in there, smush it down, and maybe... Maybe that's why we haven't got, like, the, uh, 
the perfect pizza crust yet. Maybe it's the flour. I don't know, but I appreciate that. I like these, I like these, like, super simple tips. I think that, um, sometimes it's nice to just get some kind of info on the basics. You know, because we all, we all think we got the basics down pat, but when it comes down to it, we're probably doing everything wrong. And it's nice to have somebody who knows what they're doing, like my pal Sarah, come and tell us that we're all dumb and that we all do everything wrong. No, I mean that in the nicest way. It's like, it's very important to get, to get politely chided into doing things correctly. I, myself, I don't think we're doing any holiday baking because as we have talked about a few times, I'm, I'm on like a hardcore diet. Right now, I'm cutting out all the shugs. I'm cutting out all the fun things in life. So I, I can't imagine, like, making any cookies. But I do expect that we're going to get a cookie box. My mom sends us uh, a bunch of homemade cookies every year. And I, I do expect that coming soon. I don't know what I'm going to do. Because my mom makes, like, she makes the best peanut butter cookies in all of time and space. And she puts, like, a Hershey's Kiss on top of every single one, and I cannot resist these things. When they're in the house, I can't resist. I'll eat like 200, and I'll blow my 1,400 calorie diet. I'll blow it, and I'll end up at like 3,500 calories, and I'll I'll never succeed in any of my goals in life, and I'll feel bad about myself. So I don't know what I'm going to do when this cookie box arrives. I, I just don't know if I have the mental fortitude to sort of um, dip in lightly. It's either like all the way... Or none of the way, and your boy tends to go all the way, so it's gonna be tough, dude. It's gonna be tough. But then again, it's Christmas time, so you gotta allow yourself a little bit of extra joy, a little bit of extra love, but I, I don't know. Maybe we should just take the cookie box and send it to the wife's work. I don't know. So, it's so tough to be tempted by treats, especially when you know you're an emotional weakling. Like myself, what are you guys planning on baking? Any kind of pies? Any kind of cookies? I know my guy Ferg... I know he's going to have some kind of delightful uh, Christmas cookies in effect. So why don't you hit us all up and let us know if you guys are on the cookie baking tip. You can find me at IC Robots. I would love to hear it. You can find Sarah at Sausageitarian on the tweets, at Sausageitarian on the Instagram. You can find her at the Sausageitarian.com. She's like, she's everywhere. And she's one of those smart people who has all their uh, socials linked to one name, like me. So we're very, very easy to find. I'm also Instagram at IcyRobots, IcyRobots.com, blah, 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 blah. Let's move forward. Thank you for uh, sharing this delightful information with us. Sarah Burr, my good amigo who I haven't physically seen in so many years. I miss her a lot. Let's move forward in the show. da 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 Took a bath. It's disgusting. A bath. Um, very good soak. The soak of the year. A bath. The soak of the year. A bath. All right, this is me again, and I am back for Calgon Take Me Away, the soak of the year, the segment where I tell you what I thought about when I was taking a bath. I love to, I love to take a bubble bath. I love to soak in the water. I love to dip down in there, feel the warmth. Coating me in all directions. I'm an old guy. I'm an old bag of bones and the the body's always aching. I'm always tired. I'm always weary and the salts and the soap and everything just like just adds together to make me a much happier dude. And I feel like for this time around, I'm going to do a follow up to what I was talking about the last time we did the Calgon Take Me Away slash Soak of the Year. I, I complained for like 15 minutes straight about my floors and how the floors turned out with these guys who came over 
Decided they didn't want to do the work, bounced, left my house in complete disarray. I was annoyed, I was mad. But check it out, the floors are done. They sent another crew, and these guys were much, 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 much more on the ball. And they did it. It took them one day. They really powered through. They were here from like, I don't know, like 10 to like 7. They did it all. They moved all the furniture out. We moved like the main furnitures out. But we left like the washer, the dryer, because they were doing the laundry room as well, the stove, the fridge, all the major appliances. And they moved them all out. They did everything really nice. It looks awesome. I'm, I'm pretty pleased overall. One thing I'm not pleased about is when they were here, they were talking to my wife, and she's a she's a chatty Kathy. She loves to talk to these guys, and they they said, hey, there's no real reason why they couldn't have added the tile that you wanted to your floor. If you recall the last time I said the said there was like a, a discrepancy in, in the balance of the floor, and that they weren't able to do the tiles we wanted, that it would have to be like a sheet linoleum or, or something of that sort. But the guy's like, hey, man. There's no reason why they couldn't have done the tiles that you wanted because we carry all the materials in the truck that would be needed to, like, repair something like that. They just didn't want to do it for whatever reason. So I'm annoyed about that. I would have liked to get what I what I wanted originally, but we ended up with something nice. I'm kind of a linoleum guy, to be honest with you. We have an old house. We have an old house. It's, like, 500 years old, and I kind of like to keep things on the retro tip. I'm sort of a retro guy. I think some people might say that it's, like, antiques, but I'm not, like, an antique dude. Because I, when I think antiques, I think, like, things from, like, the ancient days. The days of the French Revolution, the days of the Revolutionary War, things like that. I like, like, 70s things and, like, 60s things and, like, 80s furniture. I try to make my house look as, like, 70s as I possibly can. We have, like, old, weird, outdated furniture and all kinds of, all kinds of things like that. But it's very, it's very thought out. It's not like I'm getting just, like, whatever from the thrift store. It's very well thought out. I have a decorated house, but it is decorated with, like, a 70s aesthetic. If I could, I would get some of that old wood paneling and put it up on the wall. I just, I like to keep the things the way they were when I was younger. That's just me. But I'm I'm very happy, and I found that this kind of linoleum that they put down, it's, it's kind of retro. It's kind of kitschy. Kind of, it kind of fits with the overall aesthetic. I, at what point... I, I was on the tip of like, I want to have a nice house with nice things and make things look presentable for other people. But then one day it kind of, it kind of occurred to me like a slap in the face. It's my house and I can do whatever I want. And the only person I have to make happy with my house is myself, me, your dude, this guy right here. So I, I kind of switched up the tip and I started, I started finding like 70s coffee tables and like a 70s couch and like all these things, like a 70s stereo and like... I put it all together, and I got, like, a weird 70s-looking house. And it really looks neat right now, especially with, like, our old Christmas decorations and all these things. It's it's cool, man. I'm, I'm overall very pleased. The wife is not pleased. She's pleased with the work. She's pleased with the floor. But she's not pleased with the fact that these guys could have done the thing she wanted in the first place. She's annoyed. She can't let it go. I just let it go. I've moved on. But, man, these guys were nice guys. They were no problem. They were just doing their work. They weren't a pest in any way. But when I have workers in the house, it's like so stressful to me. It is like stress to the max. I am sort of an introverted kind of guy, kind of a quiet guy. I kind of stick to myself and like having other people in here that I don't know, that I've never met before. It's very, very, very stressful. When you're an introverted guy like me, you sort of get drained by people. And just like having these guys in my house for like nine hours straight, it was very draining. Nothing against them at all. But I I was just so tired by the time it was done that I hadn't even done anything myself. I was just like in the bedroom watching TV all day. I was in the bedroom reading with the dog all day. But just like having them here, man, I'm drained. I'm drained. I get tense too. I get tense. It's like you never know what's going to happen. 
When people start doing work in your house, you never, not, never know what's going to happen. They might, like, pull something up from the floor and go, hey, look at this. Your entire floor is rotted. Hey, look at this. There's a giant hole right here. You never know. I didn't think there was a giant hole. I didn't think there was black mold under there. I had no reason to think any of these things in any way, but you never know until it's done. So I was really happy to get it completed. I was really happy to see them on their way. I shook their hands. I waved. I said, adios, amigos. Go on and enjoy your life. Thank you for the great work. And I'm, I'm happy now. But it's also a little weird having something like brand new in my otherwise old house. It makes everything else look a little older. So I don't know, we might end up having to do the other floors. We have like nice hardwood floors, very nice antique hardwood floors. They look great, but I think we're gonna have to sand them. I think we're gonna have to do all that stuff to make them kind of look on par with the kitchen, but that's okay. Home improvement is like, it's a it's a constant battle, dude. Having a house is just a constant battle. You're always, always, always doing stuff. Like I, like I talked about in the first segment, while the dudes were here, I decided to do some more yard work. So I'm just outside raking, raking, raking. Like I told you, I raked up the entire yard. We have so many trees. I raked the whole entire yard. I use the tarp. That's the secret. I'm going to say it again. The secret to raking is get a tarp, flatten it out, rake everything onto the tarp, pick up the tarp, fold it, carry it away with all the stuff in it. It's so easy. So easy peasy. You'll never even have to bend over except to fold the tarp, which is awesome. But I had done all the leaves and then we had like a windstorm. Not like a massive windstorm or anything, but like... It got really windy overnight, and during that period of time, the entire yard got windblown and leaf strewn, and I have to, I have to do it all again. So I was out there doing that while they were here. I, I'm just like Ricky Rake lately, man. I can rake like a mofo. I can rake better than anyone you've ever seen in your life. I'm the best. But I, I don't know, man. Having a house is just constant work, constant upgrades, constant, constantly trying to keep things at the level that they're at. It's not even like you're trying to upgrade. What you're doing is you're trying to just keep things balanced. You're trying to keep everything level before it all falls apart. But what else are you going to be doing with your time if not for that? Let's move forward in the show and talk a little bit of uh, WKRP. Hello. You have not played a just advertisement in many months. Do so soon or face life at your own risk. This is your only warning. The bright light from a distant star. Weather today in the greater Cincinnati area. While existing, he was not intoxicated, could not explain the nudity. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm a WKRP. I feel so out of the loop with WKRP. We kind of fell off watching it, which I I feel sad about, but we got into The Strain, the FX uh, vampire TV show that aired some odd years back. We got into watching that, and we've already, we've already, like, mowed through that. Like, one day, we started talking about it. We had seen it when it first aired, and we started talking about it, and then I, I went out and I got the DVD set on the online, and we watched it, and it was like... It was really great, but it um, sucked us out of the world of WKRP. But now, now I am back in. Now I am reinvested. I've watched a whole bunch of episodes over the past few days. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a few of them here. If you, if you don't know, WKRP is a television sitcom that aired back in the 70s about a radio station in the town. 
of Cincinnati. The station was called WKRP, and they switched at one point from an old fogey-type music to, like, a rock and roll-type format, and now everything's all in flux. There's new young guys coming in. There's conflict with the old guys. It's, it's a tale as old as time. It's a classic TV show. We all know and love. I first got into um, WKRP way back in the day. It would air on Channel 20 or Channel 36 after the uh, afternoon cartoons. It would be like this block with MASH and WKRP. And I, I would watch both. And I thought that they were, I thought they were both great. I haven't seen the WKRPs in like, I don't even know, a million years. They don't really air them in syndication anymore. There's like music rights, music issues and things. But that is all neither here nor there. I think that, um, I think that when we last left off, we were in 1979, March of 1979, with episode number 16, I Want to Keep My Baby. This one was written by Hugh Wilson, who wrote most of the episode. It was directed by the great Asad Kalata. It aired first, March 12, 1979. The basic, um, plot of this one is that one day Johnny, Johnny's on the air. He's doing his morning show, his famous morning show, when suddenly he gets a call. He gets a call on the air from a lady who said that she, she says that she left a baby in the hallway and that she's, she says that she's in a lot of trouble, that she had a baby, that she knows Johnny Fever's a nice guy because she listens to him like every single day and she knows he'll do the right thing and that she has taken this baby that she just had and she left it right outside the studio for Johnny to, Johnny to raise, I, I got a lot of questions about this one, but first we'll, we'll finish up the plot. So Johnny goes out, he gets the baby. He doesn't know what to do. He wants to call Child Protective Services, but he also knows that if he waits long enough and if he talks on the air long enough in the right way, that maybe he can get his, the baby's mother to come back and get the child. So that's what he does. He plays tunes with baby in the title directed at her. He talks to her, trying to get her to come back. And she does, she does call, but she never returns. But in the meantime, Johnny has the baby at his house. He's taking care of it. He nurtures it. He does the right thing. And eventually, though, he has to give it up. And he has to give it to Child Protective Services, which turns out to be the right thing to do. They turn out to be very nice and everything works out works out well in the end. But this was this was like a big effort to try to soften Johnny up, to like make Johnny more of a relatable guy, show how good of a guy he was. Because I would imagine this is like the 70s, right? And some people looking in might be like, what a punk. What a punk this Johnny Fever with his sunglasses and his and his shirts and his hair and all that stuff. And they had to, like, make him relatable to the common man out there in some ways. They showed Johnny had a big heart. Johnny did the right thing. Look, though, I got to say this. I understand being in a situation. I understand having a baby and not really knowing what to do. But I, I think that out of all the things you can possibly do, one of the things that might be down near the bottom is give your baby up to the rock and roll station's morning DJ. Sure, he's a nice guy. Maybe there's a chance he's even the baby's father. I don't know. Johnny gets around, dude. Johnny's a playboy. Johnny's out and about in Cincinnati, the toast of the town. But I can't imagine the thought process that goes behind on this. I, I, as I recall, the gal's like, I'm new in town. I don't really know anybody. I can't go home. Johnny, you're the only friendly voice. And I get it. I get it. But there's like fire stations, police stations, hospitals, all kinds of different places where you can, where you can properly take care of things. And I understand that like when you're in a situation and you're scared, doing the proper thing is really sort of out of the uh, realm of ideas, but still, you gotta think that this shows a lack of judgment that maybe leads you to believe that giving up the baby was the right thing in the first place. I did enjoy this episode. I don't have, like, I don't have, like, a ton 
of uh, thoughts on this. I think the basic idea, if you had to, like, break it down to what's the plot of this, it would be, don't judge a book by its cover. Johnny appears one way. He looks like he might be a rough and tumble kind of guy. Looks like he might be the sort who does some kind of illicit substances in his time off. But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the bottom line, Johnny does the right thing. Johnny takes the kid. Johnny takes the kid under his wing. This is Dr. Johnny Fever with a prescription for those Monday Night Blues. WKRP in Cincinnati. Tomorrow and every Monday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. Take only as directed. The next WKRP on the list is a good one. This is an episode that goes by the name of A Commercial Break. This one aired March 26, 1979. Originally, it was written by Richard Sanders, who you might know as Les Nessman, and also... Michael Ferriman, it was directed by Rod Daniels. This is this is pretty cool, man. This is a great episode, one of the famously funny ones of all the times and all the spaces. The basic the basic idea is of this a new sponsor comes to the network, comes to the station, brings an ad, wants to run this ad all the time, like all the time, like 30 times a day. This is going to be the game-changing Ad for the station. This is going to be the thing that turns everything around and takes WKRP from the bottom all the way to being in the financial black, which is going to be great. The catch, the catch is that the ad is for a funeral home. Fairman's Funeral Home wants to run ads on WKRP 30 times a day. The basic gist of the ad is they want to pre-sell plots to rock and rollers. Dudes living that rock and roll lifestyle who are for sure not going to be long for the earth. They want to get them ahead of time with like a burial insurance deal. And at first, they go with it. They have a really great scene where Venus Flytrap produces a segment at a recording studio with all the guys. You got Bailey, Jennifer, Les, everybody singing back up to this jingle that he wrote. And it's really, really, really great. Johnny, can you punch that up? Punch? Right rolling. Ferriman Funerals take four. Ferriman Memorial Park offers you and your loved ones complete funeral services at a reasonable price. Hey, you're young and swinging. No time to think about tomorrow. But there ain't no way to deny it. Someday you're gonna find a man with a plan. Ferriman, Ferriman, he's a mortician man. All the while they're doing the jingle, while they're singing the song, you can see Fred Struthman, who plays Ferryman in the show. You'll recognize Fred Struthman if you go spend a couple minutes, look him up. You'll see his face and you will know this guy is a big character actor in the, uh, in the 70s. He has kind of a gloomy, spooky sort of look and he's just like bebopping away while he's uh, listening to the song. I, I did not know. That when you bought a commercial from a radio station that the people at the radio station produced and sang and did all that stuff on the commercial. I mean, I guess that in some way I must have known that, like, production went along with the uh, purchase of the commercial. Like, they added on a production fee, but I never, I never really, like, understood or thought about the process of making these commercials very much. And this one, they have to, like, rent out some studio space. They got to get, like, a band. They luckily have, like, Venus Flytrap and they have, like, Johnny Fever who are who are pros in this area to, like, help them out. But, man, I never really thought about the work that was involved with doing this. It's very interesting to me. I love any kind of uh, look into the world of radio. That's always fascinating to me. Local radio is one of my 
one of my favorite uh, on the low topics. Let's see what else goes on. Then, then you move into like the main crux of the show, like the main conflict. The ad is running. It's doing great. The studio, the station rather is making a ton of money. They're like, things are looking up for sure. When, when we cut to the big guy, Mr. Carlson, who is having issues with the commercial, he finds that it's in bad taste to run an advertisement for a funeral home to kids. To youngsters. This is this is like right after Vietnam, you gotta think. And a lot of a lot of young folks died, and, and the idea of just of death on a major sta- scale is still really distasteful. Sadly, it's not that way in our, our culture right now, but at the time the the idea of something like this was very distasteful. He ends up cutting the commercials. Mr. Uh Ferryman threatens to sue, and we find out what kind of a guy Mr. Carlson is. He's a stand-up guy. In case you were wondering, this is one of the funniest episodes that we've seen so far, though. The the bits in the studio where they're making the song are hilarious. They're great. Uh, Ferryman is very funny, especially Herb in this one, I, I think, stands out. Him, him working as a salesman, having to actually do his job. You see that, you see that, like, he wakes up, comes in, sits down, makes a call, makes a couple calls, doesn't get any bite, so he decides to go to lunch. The ferryman contract, luckily, just, like, lands right in his lap. Ferryman comes in and just drops it on him. He says, hey, I want to run some ads. I want to run 30 ads a day. That's crazy amount of ads, too, when you think about it. It's like, that's like two every hour. I listen to a lot of radio when we're driving around. All we listen to in the radio when we're driving around. And I don't think I hear, like, the same commercial twice in one hour. So this is, like... This is a big, giant contract, man. I don't think that I agree with the big guy on this one. If right now, if right now, as we speak, Ferriman Funeral Homes came to me and they wanted to run two ads an episode for the length of the pandemic on, on my show, I would probably do it. I would try to, I would try to frame it in some kind of a dark humor kind of kind of form. But I think that I would do it. I would be able to reject the uh, the two hundred dollars they were getting per spot. That was. That was $200 back then. I don't know if I mentioned, but that's what Fairman was willing to pay. He wanted to pay $200 per commercial. They're going to run 30 a day. That's huge, dude. I would take it right now. I can't even imagine what that would be in like 1979 money. But the big guy is a stand-up guy. He's a cool guy who does the right thing as far as he's concerned morally, I guess. I don't know. I don't think I would have made that decision. There's nothing, there's nothing like... There's nothing, like, incredibly distasteful to me about, like, funeral homes because we do, we do sort of have to accept the fact that someday we're all, all going to pass and we want to be, we want to be as dignified about that as, as, as possible. So I think that, like, in some ways, accepting the process is part of the, um, it's part of the taking that as an adult, as it were. At any rate, I, I was going to do one more, but the one that we have up next is a big one. It's, It's a giant one, one of the biggest episodes in the series. It's the one where we find out the secret origin of Venus Flytrap. And if I do it now, we're going to be here for another six hours. And I am so burnt. I am so beat after all this stuff with the floor. It was hard work to be avoiding the workers. You know, with with all that said and done, it was hard work to hide in the back room and read the... uh, Read that book that Stephen King wrote with his son, Owen. Hold on one second. The book. Stephen King and his son, Owen, tag-teamed together on this book. And I'm digging it so far. I got it over at Paperbacks Unlimited a few weeks ago. I try to support them as much as I can. I would hate to see my favorite little bookstore go out of business. So I go over there once a week, every Monday afternoon, and I buy a book. No matter what. Even if I don't need to read one right now, I go in there and I buy something. The wife bought a cookbook. I bought the Stephen King book 
with Owen King, and I'm liking it, man. In this, there's a virus that causes women when they fall asleep to uh, grow a cocoon around them. Nobody knows what the cocoon's about, but every woman, when they fall asleep, they get the cocoon. It's just a matter of time before everybody gets it. And the the point of the story I'm at right now is there's just like a panic. There's a panic around the world. People are freaking out at the thought of what's going to happen. Why is this happening? All that stuff. You know how people uh, people kind of freak out when these virusy things happen. I'm sure that's um that's something that you're a bit familiar with. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get up out of here. I think I'm gonna go read that book. I might not. I I may. Who knows what I'm gonna do right now? I'm gonna do something. I think I think I actually have to go upload some more episodes. Oh. This is good news. I should have talked about this earlier. I apologize. There is an all-new, all-fun, sausagetarian Christmas cookie special on the way. I have it in my hands right now. Recipes, tips, tricks, histories, stories, all kinds of things about Christmas cookies. It's clocking in at like 45 minutes. It's great. It's going to be out soon. I promise you, you're going to love it. I'm loving it. The stories are hilarious. The tips are brilliant. Everything is so good. I'm just like, I'm so tickled pink with my gal Sarah Bird, the Sausagetarian, for delivering this bit of Christmas joy to us. It's going to make everything so much more Christmassy, dude. It's not, it's not like 1000% feeling Christmassy because I can't go out and shop. I can't go out and do these things I love to do. But this, but this audio dynamite made it so that like, it's snowing in my heart. I can hear Santa on the roof. Everything is great. Keep your eyes peeled for that. The Sausagetarian Christmas Cookie Special. But until that day comes, do the time. Don't let the time do you. Times seem hard right now. But you gotta believe things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Stuff's, stuff's getting better. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots Radio production. This is me, Iceberg13, and IC Robots is too proud to admit it, but he needs you to go over to supportthereport.com and sign up as a patron member. It doesn't cost much, and our boy is looking around in garbage cans for things to bring home. Supportthereport.com Tons of patron-only shows for a small monthly donation. Don't let I see robots become master. The Grouch. That address was supportthereport.com.